Welcome to Becoming. This is episode 97, Crush Your Fears, Share Your Story with Max Brown. We originally planned on this episode being kind of a public speaking 101 with some tips and reasons why you might want to develop your public speaking skills, which that is all in here, but the episode became so much more and so inspiring, which is why obviously Max is perfect for this episode because he's able to do both, teach basics while teaching life truths. Anyways, you're going to love it. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Becoming, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. We are your hosts, Tawny Beardall and Erica Peterson. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. Welcome, everybody. We're so excited to have you. Today, we have our guest, Max Brown. We're going to be talking about public speaking. We're so excited. And over the past 20 years, Max Brown has made over 3,000 presentations and met with leaders in locations all around the world, really all around the world. Max coaches businesses on employee recognition, engagement, and is a leadership expert. He also has his own podcast, called Purpose and Principles as a motivational business speaker for leadership training at businesses like GE, Southwest Airlines, American Express, and many more. We are beyond grateful to have his experience to draw from. Max, welcome to Becoming. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to be here. So Erica and I are super pumped to have you on. We have had the opportunity to hear you speak casually. We actually all have gone to church together. So that's been really fun to see this. And we didn't know about your history and your expertise in this field. So it's been interesting to learn more about it in hindsight, because I've got to say, every time I've heard you speak, I'm just enthralled with anything you say. Like you have the entire audience in your hands. Oh, thank you. It's true, Max. You just obviously have this exceptional ability to public speak. And we really want to know how you got started in this profession. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you both for having me on the show. I mean, it's fun. You know, it's fun when we can when we can share really important things with people. I got started as a teenager, actually. So I was about 16 years old and I saw a Stephen Covey video. It was actually a cassette back in the day. I'm kind of old. And, <laughs> and we could hear these things, you know, these video cassettes and I could see him speaking about what I thought was just really important eternal principles. And I said, I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. That's what I'm going to do. That's, that's my calling in life. That's what I'm wow. going to do. I didn't know what it would look like. I didn't know what it would, you know, and the path has never been straight. And so for all of the listeners out there, this is not a straight path. But if you have a purpose, if you have a passion for something, you can certainly try to figure out what that looks like for you as you go through life, right? And if that purpose anchors you, that's a powerful thing. And that's, that's kind of how I got started. So what were little things that you did as a teen, knowing that this is a path that you want? Yeah. What were a couple of the things that you just took a hold of and ran with? Well, yeah. So I, I was really involved in leadership. You know, Boy Scouts was a big thing for me, but there was a, there was a youth leadership conference 
6,000 boys were going to be at this youth leadership conference. And, and I, was the youth, I was a youth leader. I had ran for some national staff things and I had won a few national positions. And so they asked me if I would speak to this group of 6,000 boys at, at 16 years old. And so I did that. And I just said, yeah, no, this is definitely the message. That's what I'm going to do. And now having said that, you know, as a, as a kid, you know, as a teenager, I'm reading a lot of books. I was learning a lot, but really it's, you have to practice a lot of things too, right? So for me, it was never about how am I going to make money doing this? It was about, is this important? And should I share it? Because a lot of people need to know these things. And if they know these things and we can share them and be meaningful and purposeful with people, can it help make other people happier and live better lives? Ah. There are so many little things to kind of hold on to here with what you're talking about. I mean, you felt like you had a draw to this really early on. You want to share with others that are listening, even if you don't feel a pull to pursue public speaking as a career, the skill right. itself is so valuable. It helps to be able to express yourself in small groups, in larger groups. And maybe you never really had the fear of speaking publicly, but that's a really common fear in general for people to feel afraid of speaking in front of others. Maybe share with us a little bit about why that's important for people to maybe develop the skill and how they can maybe start building that skill. Yeah, great question. It's, it's a step-by-step process. I don't think anyone just gets there, or just arrives there. And yeah, some people are more comfortable speaking in public than others. I totally get that. For a lot of people, it's very scary or intimidating. But you know, the truth is, is that it can be intimidating. It can be intimidating for those of us who've done this a lot. When it gets intimidating, I have to ask, why? Is it because I'm worried about what people are thinking about me or am I actually being in service to someone else? When I'm in service to someone else, the fear goes away. So if I'm, in, if I'm really serving others, if I'm really trying to listen and do this from my heart and not from my ego, then, then I can have more confidence in the way I speak. When I'm worried about my ego, when I'm worried about my, my own personality or how I'm being perceived or how I'm coming across or what's going on, I start to make judgments. I start to get more nervous and I start to think things like that. So when people are introducing me, typically backstage, I'll be standing there or whatever. And I'm, I'm actually in prayer. I'm, I'm just in prayer because what I want to remember is number one, this is not about me. Number two, it really is about how can we share something that will touch people's hearts that they'll want to be better because they had this conversation, not because I did it, but because they felt that prompting in their own heart. And if they feel that prompting in their own heart, what can they do with that information to be better people because of it? What I've been trying to learn is eternal principles. So I study a lot on eternal principles or things that I feel like are really important you know, it's funny because a lot of people will go to like Toastmasters and learn how to be a better speaker. I never did that, but I have heard some speakers that have never had any public training, but blew the doors off of everyone that heard their voice because they spoke with such power and passion and genuine authenticity. And then I've heard some really polished speakers that I kind of thought, no, nah, I wasn't buying what you're selling. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that we can't study and become better speakers. We do, and we can. I actually coach speakers on how to present better. And we can coach speakers on their stories and how they tell better stories. Because we, do, we can articulate things better. We can be more effective. And some people know a lot of information, but they don't know how to articulate it very well. And so that is, that is harder. It does make it more difficult. Some people have a lot of information, but they don't know how to share it. Practice is really, really important. Practice in just sharing little things and what we do in a small way. 
the small ways can help. Toastmasters can help. You know, telling stories can help. In fact, one of my favorite books, and she's become a very dear friend of mine, I read her book called The Story Factor, and I immediately called her. I called the author. I just said, where is she? And I got to find out who she is. And I called her up and I said, Story Factor, and her name's Annette Simmons. We, we don't agree with everything and we don't have all the same thoughts, but we have become friends for like two decades. Yeah. I said, gosh, this is so cool. She goes, if you want to be a better speaker, learn how to tell better stories. Mm-hmm. So cool. It's all about the story. I've got to yeah. jump. I like want to jump through the screen right now. You just <laughs> answered a question for me that's been really bothering me. So mm. I grew up terrified, terrified of public speaking. Okay. In fact, even saying a prayer, like, yeah. oh, you know, my heart's racing. I can barely breathe. And, and when I hear you say it's about like where your heart is and why yeah. you're projecting the information, it was not because I was in present and wanting to really be there. It was what are people going to think of me? Can I even say what's on my mind? And I'm just overthinking. So uh, there's an experience I had in college where I, I took a public speaking class. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I have no idea how I landed in there. Why would I pick that knowing how sweaty and terrified I get in front of people? I think it was a lesser of a few evils. We were asked to do a persuasive speech and it could be on anything we wanted. So I chose organ donation and I had to do you know for and against. And the whole entire class was going to vote. And then that person got to go into this next level and go against the whole college. And then they were going to go to a national competition. I just wanted to get through the class and get a good grade. So I did a really good job preparing and I was ready. And I just practiced and practiced because I was terrified and I didn't want to look stupid in front of people. And I guess I did a good job because the teacher pulls me aside the next class. And I said, uh, well, do I have to? And she was puzzled, just looked at me, what? Like, this is exciting. This is what the goal was. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 not for me. Will I get like a bad grade if I don't go? And she's like, no, but she was offended and hurt. Yeah. I didn't, I refused it. Looking back now, I get the opportunity to speak. I've done different women's groups and youth groups. And I am shocked at the joy it brings me and the fulfillment. And that is, I think what you just answered to me is I am not worried at all about what people are thinking of me and their perception. It is all about being able to project my love for them. God, I feel like is asking me to share and I just find joy and excitement in it. And what bothers me is, gosh, what if I would have just taken that opportunity what if I would have just not been afraid and what if I would have won the next thing and then the next thing and I could have been like, wow, this is something that I actually am good at and how much further could I be at projecting this message I want to share now? Yeah. And that's what I want to speak to these teens right now is take every opportunity, even if it terrifies you. Maybe this is a gift you have. It's just a confidence thing that is stopping you from being able to learn and progress in this area. Just enhance every opportunity you get and run with it and try to grow and learn more. Even if public speaking isn't your end game, sure. I promise you it will be useful for you in, in any workplace situation and you know, being able to share your emotions and feelings with anyone. All I know is it's never too late and I'm going to really grasp this opportunity to learn from you now. Well, thank you. I mean, that's super nice. I mean, hearing your experience is what is what gets exciting, right? That people can gain this confidence that maybe we didn't know we had before, or these gifts we didn't know we had before. Uh, you know, some of my most powerful experiences with hearing people speak has not been 
in the flashy, most professional way. It's oftentimes the people who just really are coming from a very heartfelt place, but a place where they have some articulate ideas and capture those ideas in a way that we can hear them. I often talk about what's the point of the story, what is the story, and then what is the application to that story. So we call it the PSA. And you can do those in different ways. You can start with the story and then say, what's the point of the story? And then what's the application? Or you can talk about the application of something and then share a story to reiterate it and the point of that story. But we always try to leave in, keep in mind that we're not just telling stories for story's sake. We're doing it because we want people to understand there's something we want you to remember. I had a guy who years ago, like in 2008, he had heard me speak somewhere. Recently, he reached out to me. It's like 2020. He reached out to me and he said, I, I still remember the story you shared. And he goes, I was sharing your story with someone on the golf course the other day and that you shared with me in 2008. I was like, wow, it's just, I'm so grateful that people, when they remember the stories, you know, that that's what people anchor in. And so when we tell a good story, it's very heartfelt. People know that, that we're not trying to manipulate someone. We're really just trying to help people convey those feelings and that emotion that people can feel influenced and feel better for having had that experience. I think one of your natural talents, as I've you know, heard you speak in person and then also kind of looking at some of the background of what you do in a professional setting, I realized that your gift is you have an actual true passion for people, mm-hmm. individuals, and your ability to reach individuals in a crowd is reflected in that care for people and Not everyone has that natural gift, but when you realize that you really care about individuals, this is a really good indicator that people maybe should look into this even more because that is a really special thing when you care a lot about individuals, you can really reach them because you have that. So I thought that was kind of an interesting realization of why that gift is so special. And I feel like that's something that Tani really is gifted with as well. Like she really, really, really cares about the one. It doesn't stop her from sharing. She's always been focused on the one. And I think that's such a beautiful talent. And anyone who has that love for individuals should really explore growing this talent. I think that's really a special, unique thing that that I see in every opportunity I've seen to have you speak as well, Max. Well, I, I appreciate that. You know, one of the things I learned early on that I think has been very helpful for me and maybe helpful to the listeners today would be when I do share, I'm never just speaking to a crowd. I'm always speaking to one individual. Does that make sense? So what I typically do is I will make eye contact with different individuals while I'm speaking and everyone else is just listening into a big conversation. So I'm never just Mm -hmm. kind of just broadcasting out to a a, a crowd. What I'm really trying to do is speak to the individual um, because I think that that's where we can feel and know whether it's real. Now, I have to ground myself in that, right? I, I, I still have to check. What is my motive? What is my motive for doing this? Why do I want to share this message? And how am I going to convey it in a way that people can hear it? Not because it's about me, but because once they hear it, they'll be prompted to do something in their own life. And, and so I have to ground myself in that every time. Anytime, and it's always very tempting, right? It's very tempting in a social media world to make everything about us. I bought my URL for my name years ago. Like, well, as soon as it could come out, I bought the dang thing. And I've never had a website until 2020. 
So for 20 years, I've been speaking. For 20 years, I've been traveling the world, traveling 200,000 miles a year, and I've never had a website. I've never, I've never promoted it. I've never promoted my name. This is the first year I've ever had my name out. Well, my name out in terms of a website. And it's because I've always been very uncomfortable about promoting myself. I understand that there's a reason why we need to promote ourselves and, and I need to do that better. I'm not declaring, you know, perfection here, but I do think that there are some who that's all they do is promote themselves. And I think that Sometimes for me, it's just not very becoming. It doesn't help me to want to know them better that way. I like it when people are doing this because they want to share something that they think will be valuable to people. And then I want to know them as individuals. Like I want to know you guys because you're out there just serving in this community where people can say, man, growing up is hard. What are the messages I can learn and value and grow and be better because I've heard this message? And that's what I love. You know, so now I want to know you. I want to know you as a creator and why that inspires you and why you're inspired to do that. I'm inspired by people that do that for a living. You know what I'm saying? It's back to the heart, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, so I want to go back a little and touch on why this is so important for people who aren't even interested in doing public speaking. You know, why mm-hmm. should teens think about this as being important in their growth and preparation for adulthood? And what are little tips that you can give to help start practicing this talent? Yeah, I mean, one of the things I would suggest for sure is people to start just sharing little mini teaches. So if you learn a piece of information or you can teach it to someone else, what a great thing. There's no better way than to learn by practice, right? So on our, on our farm, for instance, we have a small farm here in, in, in Idaho, right? And I want my kids to learn about hard work. So the way to learn about hard work is to have them doing it, right? And, and then I want them to learn about problem solving. So I'm like, hey, how can we improve the processes over here? How can we feed more effectively over here? Do we need to collect eggs in a different way or they're not laying over, you know, just solving problems all the time. So if I want my kids to be better at something, I need them practicing. And I would say the same thing with speaking, right? So I'm looking for opportunities where I can participate or share or engage. Not because, again, I I don't want to be intrusive on people, but if I can do something that makes sense and I can practice, that's very helpful. So we talked about some of the ways that you can maybe focus your story. Storytelling is a really great way to teach and and to help make a speaking opportunity better. Is there any other tips that you might give to help somebody turn their speaking opportunities from good to great, or maybe taking some things out that people tend to do that would be distracting? Yeah, yeah. What are additional tips or ways we could, you know, sharpen our tool, if you will? Yeah. Not only practice to become better, but I would say your first 30 seconds matter a lot. And if you, if you start with those 30 seconds in um, saying, hey, you know, I didn't come very well prepared today, but I have to do this for you, you know? Or if you start with, well, I just got asked to do this last night, and now I'm here speaking to you. Yeah. Or, you know, so, forgot, so buckle up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So buckle up. And as soon as someone says that to you, what do you want to do? Turn, turn off. off. You just turn off, right? You yeah. just turn off. And I turn off too. And so unfortunately, we've been to some of these events and these kind of meetings where people turn off. They're not able to engage. But we all of a sudden will look back up and listen again as soon as they start to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And they go, this is how this relates to my life. Or this is what happened to my mom. Or this is what happened to my dad. Or this is what happened to me. And I share this moment in prayer or something that I experienced and how I might have felt a spirit that prompted me to do the right thing. And then we raise our heads again and we listen again. 
So those first 30 seconds really matter. And it doesn't mean that you have to just wow their socks off. It doesn't mean that you have to get them up standing and, you know, clapping or anything like that. But what you need to do is engage your audience. So I like to either ask a question to begin because I want them to know that the engagement starts with where they begin. It's not my responsibility to entertain you today, although I'm going to do my best to do that. Your job as a listener is also to be a good learner. But how do I show them that what they're going to listen to is worth listening to? So I need them to know that, number one, I can't help you feel anything you don't want to feel or learn anything you don't want to learn. But we can engage in a conversation today that will maybe challenge some of your perspectives or your experiences that can bless your life if we will all engage in this together. That makes sense. Engagement in every aspect, because I've realized when someone is a great speaker, I come away with something that I needed to hear. And Erica and I can talk about it. She's like, whoa, I didn't hear that at all. I heard this. But if we all show up with that open heart wanting to learn, we'll get out of it exactly what we need to, even if it isn't what the speaker came prepared to say. So just keeping that open mind and as a speaker, recognizing the different needs out there. And I, I don't know if there's a way that you kind of create this generalized topic or when you speak a story from the heart, I think people grab different things that they just need at that time. I think that's a great point. And I think that's true. What I try to do is capture maybe three main points within a talk or within a point. Now, if I only have a few minutes, I might only be able to say, hey, this is the one gospel topic or the one topic I get to share. Uh, then I might only be able to do a couple things, but I want to be able to, I want to, I want to share a couple sources. So I might read a scripture. I might share a story that relates to that or a quote that would complement that. And then I'm going to share my personal experience with it, which is my testimony of it, right? Mm -hmm. And why I believe it's true or the universal principle. So in business, you know, we don't bear our testimonies, but we do talk about why these things matter to us. And so when we talk about universal principles, we know that truth exists in a lot of places. The way we declare that truth is, is really important. I really like the tips of starting off on the right foot and some good Mm. tips there for how to make it more effective. Are there any programs that if someone is like, this is what I want, that as a team that they can try to pursue or look into? Absolutely. So there's a lot of associations. One of them is called the National Speakers Association, and they have a youth leadership program. But Toastmasters is also really great. There's a lot of volunteer clubs. A lot of them are local. So there are lots of avenues for learning more like this. The other thing I would submit is that when you, if you have opportunities, find people that you trust that you would like to be able to get some advice from. Sometimes they'll run workshops, right? So sometimes I'll run a workshop on speaking better, right? It'll be a short two, three hour workshop that we're just going to do a speaking workshop and bring your best stories. So come prepared and we're going to coach on how to articulate one or two stories you can craft to just be a little bit sharper. Cool right? Just a little bit sharper. And there's, there's coaches out there that will do that with you. That's what we try to do. Cause I have some big stories. I, I have one story. It's my signature story. And that's what we talk about in, in keynoting. We talk about our signature stories that are yours. They identify who you are. And I, I share one that is about a little girl. When I lived in China, um, we lived a long ways away and it was an hour long conversation with this young girl, but I tell the story in about three minutes right? I tell the story in about three minutes. So if you guys, would you guys indulge me and I'll share my three minute story with you? That'd be awesome. All right. So one of my stories that I like to share, and I usually don't do this part, right? But today we're peeling back the curtain. So I'm showing the curtain of how I present or why I would share this story. But usually this is how I would typically begin 
to grab someone's attention with this piece. And so years ago, while traveling and doing some work in Inner Mongolia, I met this young girl on the streets of a place that, you know, doesn't, isn't very big, only about a million people. So, you know, very country out there in the country, far, far away. I lived in Shanghai at the time. So having lived in Shanghai, I was traveling in a very remote countryside. And this young girl, about five years old, she just comes up to me and starts rubbing the hair on my arms. She's super brave. And she just said, What in the world is all that hair doing on your arms and not on your head? You know, for those who are listening today, they know I, they, now they'll know I'm bald. But, um, but, but this little girl, she was so curious. And this was in October, of 2000, or October 2004 when I met this young girl. She was very, first off, obviously very brave. So I sat right on the ground and talked to her. And well, she's talking to me. She's like, what's it like to live in America? I said, would you ever want to go there and see what it's like? She said, well, no. And I said, why not? She goes, I wouldn't like the food, duh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, come on, man. You're like, this is so awesome. And then I said, well, what about Shanghai? Would you want to go to Shanghai and see it for yourself? Because they have Chinese food there. You'd be great. And she said, no. And I said, why not? And she looked at me and she said, why would I want to go anywhere else if I'm so happy right here? Oh, love it. Why would I want to go anywhere else if I'm so happy right here? And so I kind of rushed the story there a little bit. I bumbled it at the first, but the, my point is this, is number one, the story's real. It's true. I didn't make it up. But I didn't give every single detail to the story because it's a long conversation. I spoke to her for like an hour sitting on the sidewalk of this busy, busy city. But I have to set a little bit of the context. So, I, you know, there's a million people, but it's countryside. They don't see a lot of foreigners where I, where I did this story. And she did. She rubbed the hair on my arms, looked at my head and asked me why, you know, why I don't have any hair on my head. But she also asked me if I was a monk or, you know, what I was like like that. We talked about a lot of stuff. But I shortened the story to get to the main point. And the point is, is why would I want to go anywhere else if I'm so happy right here? And how often in our lives have we got to a point where it must be better somewhere else? And we're not finding the joy where we currently are. You know, on, on our sheep farm, we have a lot of lambs and lambs will always stick their, well, routinely stick their heads out the gate, out the fence to eat the grass on the other side when the grass on their side is even better. It's even better. And so I invite my audience to think about how do we take some of the things that we have in our life for granted, even right where we are. Thank you for sharing it in the way that you did so that we can kind of see First of all, we all wanted to hear that story. So I'm really grateful cool. for that. But also to see how you can use storytelling to help share truths for other people. I think that's such a magical thing. And everyone can be blessed by the practice of sharing our thoughts and stories with others. So I really appreciate you for sharing that today. I really don't want to wrap up, but we are getting to the end of our interview. And I want to ask you the question that we ask all of our guests. If you could tell your teenage self one piece of advice, what would that be? Well, you know, I think Tawny kind of brought it up earlier when she said, you know, I wish at as younger age, I would have just been bold enough to, to have the courage to do some things. I would just ask everyone listening, number one, ground yourself in your purpose. Do you know God lives? Because that grounds me in everything I do. And if I know he lives then I'll make better decisions. When I was younger, what I would tell myself today is be confident in knowing that he lives and let that guide your life in all of your career decisions because you will be tempted to go down new roads. You're going to be tempted by, oh, maybe that's a really cool career path for me or, oh, maybe that'll be awesome for me. And I just ask that you filter all that based on your testimony uh, and what you know is true. 
and what you know to be your your path right does it work for me does that because there's lots of ways to make money there's just lots of ways to make money the question is is that the right path for you and what what is the cost of that so this morning i was doing a podcast i asked a very successful multimillionaire i asked this person i said what is what is definition of success for you and he said well the success for me is not growing my company to a point where I can't have a family life. Mm. He goes, that's not my goal. My goal is never to make this so big that I can't have a life outside of work. He just, he said, this is enough for me, right? Like he knew where his boundaries were. And I've talked to some people that have at times said, I wish I wouldn't have sacrificed everything at the expense of something else. Now, we will all have hard times in our life and we will all have hard experiences in our life. Every one of us, none of us are immune to having hard experiences. Those hard experiences can actually bless other lives as well. And those stories will enrich other people as well. But how we tell them and how we craft them also matters. So I would just say to the young people, be patient, be patient, be willing to learn and grow, be humble, be humble enough to know that there's going to be time and there's going to be paths that aren't always straight know that it's never going to be super easy. And just because it's not easy doesn't mean you're on the wrong path either. Sometimes you're on the right path even when it's super, super hard. And we can, we can take faith in just knowing that when we get on our knees, we might not understand all the things that are going on in our life, but there's a purpose and a reason and we can be better because of it. And because we're better because of it, we can share that with others and help them have faith and confidence as well. What a beautiful and thought-provoking response. I think I've figured you out, Max. You are a nudger. You're oh. some, someone that just, you promote something in me to want to change, to want to learn more and grow. That's a beautiful gift you have. Thank and you. thank you, thank you for coming on here and sharing it with our listeners and with us. It's going to promote change, and that is all we could ever ask for. So we really are grateful for your time today. Well, I appreciate both of you guys. Thank you just for caring and, and putting messages like this out there. I mean, this is a labor of love. You guys know this is a labor of love. And what we're doing is because we, we want people to know that there's more to this. And so thank you. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of it. Thank you to both of you. Of course. Thank you so much. And we will add links in the show notes to, for others to connect with you because I'm sure others will want to hear more from you. Great. Thanks again, Max, for joining us today. Thank you. If you're hoping to pick up a fall part-time job, now is the time to start applying. We know a lot of fall sports have been canceled and you might have a little extra time on your hands. We highly recommend Teen Job Prep for help with resume building and for some quick courses of how to nail that first interview. Make sure you use the code BECOMING to get 10% off.